the Now Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast, and today we're talking about seats of power. Term, phrase, whatever, gets banded around a lot. Let's see who agrees with us as to what the definition is. So what is a seat of power? Mr. Chris, you've got experience with such matters. Have you been a seat? Or have you given bit had things that are you've sat upon? A bit of both. You know me. Haven't you? Bit of both. Like uh, Jesus' dad, the old carpenter, you've made a few seats in your time. I have made a few seats. I've also worn out a few seats. <laughs> So, yeah, I think the people that were asking us about this were kind of going, I think, a mixture of places. So we've got a lot to cover, cover, I think. The two kind of main areas I think they want us to talk about is one, that kind of inherited seat, that kind of priesthoodness or priestessness of or belonging to something to allow... Um, an entity to work through you or with you and then I think that the other part is creating seats um, such as kind of uh, places for a uh, spirits to take seats in in a kind of council setting where you can necessarily take kind of campfire round from multiple people you think that's fair to say? So, starting with a definition of a seat, because we may disagree, I don't know. A seat is something that you sit upon. Most of the time, I think of seat as quite grand, as in a throne. Okay, so that kind of a seat. Because normally when you're talking goddesses, spirits, gods, deities, it's really like a throne. And what is a throne? Well... A throne is something that has power that grounds you at the forefront. You are there in your throne. Everyone knows and can see who's in charge, right? If you have a seat and you're a seat at a council around a big round table and been at one of them for a while, then everyone there is an equal. So they're all kind of like individual thrones, but it's something that you sit upon. So with regards to a seat, and relating that to a spirit, or potentially even an energy stream, but let's say a spirit, because a spirit would be sentient. If a spirit is to sit upon something, or to sit upon a seat, that means it essentially rules it, it commands from it, to a certain extent, is a position that it fixes itself in. Because when you're sat in a seat, you're in the seat. When you're up and about, you're wandering around. Now, with regards to spirits and seats and stuff, now we could think of a medium, okay? So you think priest, priestess of some kind of, I don't know, magical occult lodge or organization, mystery school, priesthood, priestesshood, whatever. They would be a seat because they're a medium. So the, the spirit sits upon them. It acts through them to a certain extent, takes over. That would be my interpretation of a seat. A seat remains still, is a carrier. It carries the spirit. So I would say you're normally talking about mediumship, but that is in regards to a seat being a person or a person acting as a seat. But there could potentially imagine a forest or a tree or something like that. Does that mean that that, because it's not a human, it can't move around in that. Does that mean that that cannot hold the consciousness of a spirit? So if you were to create a seat for a spirit, it is essentially the spirit sits in as housed to a certain extent within it. You see throughout history, you remember the Egyptians and they were very big on their ornamental houses for the gods, you know, um, idols and that kind of thing. They would parade them about and it was, it was thought that the god lived and was housed within that's kind of a seat to a certain extent 
but that's what I think that we're generally talking about there. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about, yes, a permanent space that is available to a per to a entity to take hold, shall we say? Because that's the that's the beauty of a throne, isn't it? Is that it still holds power, even when it's not um, when it's vacant. Mm -hmm. um, the throne is still there as a representation of that power. Um, I thought if we had time, we might get to the point of talking about avatars um, in the kind of extended version. But um, there's so much ground to cover that we'll see if we get there. So if we go for the most simple then, so if mm -hmm. we go for the mediumship, the whole idea of why it would be useful to be able to tap in or create a throne for a particular entity or energy stream. That was so a question. if we're going for general spirits, do you think of mediums as in the local medium that you go and they tend to tell you or get possessed by dead people and shit like that? From that perspective, it's usually a case of they're dealing with spirits that cannot manifest in this world. They're, they're not, uh, they've got some component parts missing, I suppose, in this reality, so therefore cannot manifest walking, talking, physical flesh, therefore, or it's a little bit strange. So housing and working through a medium, dead people, for example, uh, the body parts don't move anymore. So even if you were to attach a consciousness to a corpse, it's not necessarily going to be able to get up and that if it's rotting around. So therefore, it's easier to go through the doorway, through the gateway of the somewhere between this realm and the astral, latch on and control, intercept, go through that medium, that um, psychic medium, and interact with people. When you see it happen on an energetic level, it happens somewhere between what I suppose you'd say is the unconscious and the astral. There's a latching on. You can see an effect where a spirit takes over and controls the body and the, not necessarily soul, but the consciousness of the person, because the soul still remains tacked and linked to the body, but the consciousness of, of the person moves out. Okay, gets pushed to the side, which case is not really being moved out, it's more like being displaced. Back in the day, there was this old-fashioned thing called analog television, and way back in the day, there were various hackers and such like that, that what they would do, there was a very famous case, I think it was Doctor Who or something, where they would hack into television networks, but they would do it by overpowering the signal, so the standard signal that you would get, your television would pick up on. What they would do is they could create a stronger signal on that frequency so that everyone's television or radio or whatever would pick that up if it was in the vicinity. That is basically how basic spirit possession tends to work. So the infrastructure for the human is still there. The soul is still attached. What happens is a very strong directed force that you can see enter that latches onto that part of the lower aspects of the soul i know we're getting super complicated which we'd normally leave for the patreon that's why if you're not on the patreon it's well worth getting on it because we go into more technical details as well as gossip and schmutt you know but anyway that is it that is the penetrating signal so for a general medium they pick on on various different things they're easy don't want to sound dirty but it's easy for them to be penetrated that signal there there is latch on points to a certain extent that is what you train you train to be more liquid more lucid there you can pick up sense things but also other things can come in there's the difference between psychic generally speaking and mediumship mediumship is that open is almost like having a spaceship with a docking port yeah you can have a spaceship but the spaceship might not have a docking port. Psychic, there we go. You could do psychic work, but mediumship is you've got that entry point for that latching on point, okay? Um, when it comes to the more complicated routes, 
it is we talk about avatars and priests, true priests, priestesses of a specific deity, spirit, that kind of thing. But what we will probably need to get to first is how does how does one become a seat? Because mediums can become seats for a lot of different things. Generally speaking, you tend to find mediums will get on better with certain energies. Now, I've met many mediums, as you have, Chris, from doing psychic fairs and various other things in the magical and mundane world. And they'll specialize. So you'll get one that always talks to fucking angels, one that talks to dead people, that and the, the other, to the point where they don't actually believe, like the, um, because the spirit person that they use as a spirit guide or the person or thing that they interact with appears to be an angel or is that kind of an energetic current, they can't see the dead people. They can't interact with them. They don't even think dead people exist. They think it's all something else, right? Same with angels. They can't necessarily see that. Some people that are tuned into that frequency that can hold that energy naturally only can cope with or only can interact with that energy and therefore can only become a seat for it. Now, mediumship is partly an out-of-the-box thing. So some people are born natural mediums, in which case they will be attuned to certain frequencies and can hold the energies or become a vessel or a seat for those energies. But other energies, they can't. The problem with mediumship, psychic mediums and psychics and all of that is that very often most of them are very poorly trained. Yeah. And when they are trained, they're normally trained by other mediums and other psychics. They're in a similar type to their own themselves. When it comes to witchcraft and magic, what we tend to think of is look at mediumship as an art. Being a vessel, seats, that sort of thing as an art and see, understand the mechanics of how it works. And therefore, we can understand and create rituals and processes for altering that frequency. For example, Chris, when we had terrestrial television, we had five channels. At least we did in my day. I know way back when the older ones will only have one channel, you know, BBC One. And then BBC Two came along and then ITV and then Channel 4, then Channel 5, blah, blah, blah. But then there was this whole thing called satellite and cable and you needed a little box, you needed extras. Right? You couldn't just buy the television. You had to buy a box and subscribe to something. Right, That's a little bit similar to this. There's decoding. You need infrastructure. You need extra stuff. Mediumship is not just mediumship. Yes, there is an interlocking in certain energetic areas of the person in order for you to hold that. But please be aware that not every energy is the same. And because you may be set up to hold a certain energy does not mean that you can hold every energy. Now, yes. humans in general make for quite poor receptors for this kind of thing. That's why, as they say in certain traditions, the horse is getting tired, i.e., Humans can only maintain a connection, can only keep that going for so long before it fatigues and damages the body. Now, you can undergo certain ritual preparations. You can train like you can with anything to augment your body to get faster, stronger, smarter, bloody, bloody, blah. But what you would normally do from a priest priestess situation would you would be attuning yourself to a specific energy. So if you were to work with a specific god, deity, goddess, whatever, you would be working towards becoming a more and more suitable vessel for that spirit, to hold it for longer periods of time, blah, blah, blah. And the process is, although somewhat similar, very realistically, in terms of the training that one needs to undergo, because it will depend on both the person, the out of the box, who you are, your general energetic makeup, physiology and that, but also the spirit that you're trying to hold. That's why it becomes all of a sudden super fucking complicated. And Chris, I bet those bloody Wiccan books didn't teach them that, did they? This is where I find it quite interesting in terms of the Glastonbury cults. Mm. of where they become the seat for multiple deities um, and only need to, a year to train each one. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I struggle with this concept of in a year you could prepare yourself in order to have one and then the, week, the next year prepare yourself to hold a different deity. Um, mm. um, in that kind of, you know, making sure 
is that the wear and tear that is required in order to do that is is insane um i will add a little sidestep here which is obviously um anim animal vessels and by that i don't mean familiars before anybody gets all excited we'll do a separate thing on on familiars in the future um very different kettle of fish um but there is there is a part of particularly the egyptian um methodology of having cult animals um and actually having a precinct that would have been full of those animals oh. is allowing that energy to flow through a space and to kind of share the burden of having um the other part is it is a lot easier as you well know liam because you you're quite well versed in possession work it is a lot easier to observe something else being possessed uh, than it is necessary to hold any part of your faculty after um you've you know you've held a spirit of a particular size um so i personally work with um deities a lot and the easiest way for me to work with them involves kind of um you know blessed animals um uh, that are able to hold those signatures and learn to do so from a very young age um it you know tends to wear out the vessel eventually so it's not something you want to be doing all the time um but it's one of those <laughs> options for um yeah. understanding and um having that two-way communication which is not something easy to do with seats of power yeah so with the seats of power what we need to establish and what is really important for people to wrap their heads around is what would be considered i suppose a permanent seat of power or permanent seat vessel whatever and one that is just kind of swippy swappy you know change change a rooney i'm saying random shit <laughs> Because priest, priestess, hood, and avatars—that would be considered permanent seat of power. In that case, in my perspective, or from my perspective, and I'm not speaking for you by any stretch of the imagination. So we'll see if you agree with me. Um, the wand chooses the wizard, Harry. Yes. So I'm yet to find anyone that has not already got the facility albeit switched off already has the facility and a connection to a specific deity that that is basically happened from birth so it's a case of that is a grown seat from birth so that person has that faculty there again whether it's switched on or off doesn't matter for that specific energy, for that specific deity. Does that mean that that person does not need training? No, we are humans. We don't just pop out the wound like this, or hatch in my case. Um, mm -hmm. Fully formed, we grow as with magically related as well. You can, you may start to if you were in that situation. And I did a interesting uh, cult ramblings on the tier two of the Thoth witchcraft patreon about demigods and such which that covered probably in a bit more detail but that is something that you would grow something that you would take on that connection would grow so it's not like out of the box is perfect and flawless it still takes some calibration i suppose i should say the ones that most people will be familiar with however are general uh mediumship ability that gets discussed mm -hmm. most that's what most people are used to that's what you would find at a psychic fair you would tend to find generally speaking a medium that is open to communicating that can see sense or see you know spirits in some capacity communicate with them and relay messages and such occasionally you get mediums that will form a seat now from any of that that you disagree with? I'm curious. 
Um, no, not particularly. Obviously, it's slightly different for me, obviously, but that's because we're going closer to what we talked about. Well, you intimated at earlier, which is the difference between a deity and a stream of consciousness. But yeah. um, yes. So the spirit, uh, psychic medium at the local um, psychic fair, let's say Great Travelling Psychic Fair, let's call her Madame Delilah. So Madame Delilah, she may get her tarot cards out, she may use her crystal ball, she may see grandma, granddad over your shoulder and all of that. That's not what I'd consider to be a seat of power because they're seeing, yeah. they're using some kind of visual psychic ability to see. What is a seat of power is when you take on the mantle of that spirit. So when that spirit comes inside you, that sounds super fucking dirty now, doesn't it? When you hold that spirit, when that spirit is sat upon you, when that spirit rides you, I get that from the hoodoo voodoo community. They say horses and that. Yeah. But you are the seat there. You It takes over. You see, this is possession. That is what is spoken about by possession. Now, a lot of mediums and psychics won't necessarily use possession i don't know if i would say it's necessarily dying out i don't think it's really dying out i think what's happening is there's becoming less and less specialists with regards to mediumship um yeah. with stronger energies let's say most of the mediumship you see tends to involve dead people most of the time and dead people take a lot of energy to help come through and manifest. That's why it fatigues the medium, the psychic medium and that, because it is difficult. I personally find dead people, holding dead people, the energy spirit of dead people's for mediumship is the, the probably one of the most difficult things. I can't do it, I dislike it, I don't like the energy, which is interesting because I'm quite Saturnian. But for me, that is general Saturnian spirits, fine switch them on and off like a light switch dead people for me it's like when you sit down chris and you want to do a toilet and your dick touches the side of the toilet it's that yucky oh did that just happen feeling it makes but I think... visceral reactions when a dead person tries to possess me and even if i'm open to it there will be heaving involved yeah i think that because they're not yes we would consider them to be saturnian but they're not supposed to be there. Does that make sense? Mm. So, you know, it's supposed to be a transitional point of view through Saturn, mm. not something that they stick around in. Mm. And I think that's why it leaves us both with that feeling of being dirty. Mm. It's because it's like you've got the cobwebs, you know, when, there's, when the spider's finished and all yeah. you've got is a dead carcass and a bit of stringy thing, um, that's that to me is dead people it's uh, you shouldn't be here um they should have tidied you away when they were finished like do you know what i mean like you know yeah. whereas saturnian spirits um are those kind of perfect spider webs they're uh, doing a job they're catching something they're doing they do they have a purpose and they're working on it uh, whereas dead people just yeah gross they're yucky. The people are yucky. Even grandma. Especially grandma. Especially grandma. Especially if she died pissing herself. Ah, oh, she probably did. <laughs> um, okay, so where should we go next? Because I, I think we'll save avatars for the not the blue people. We'll save avatars for the Patreon bit. We'll make them fucking yeah. pay in one way shape or form because that's too 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 deep down the rabbit hole that so, i think the other version is yeah. kind of counsel so mm. there are lots of ways in order to actually and we won't fit in the five minutes or so we've got left and um, they'll have to wait to the patreon for that too but the that kind of so not many people think about um they're magical objects or at least these days unless you're a, a magician of some kind witches don't tend to think of haunted objects or um creating seats of power 
in objects. Um, so, you know, even though more and more people are starting to use runes, see, you knew I was going there, um, particularly with runes, runes have a potential, especially if they're done correctly, um, which I know is a, a contentious comment to make. Ooh. But if they're done correctly, have the potential to be seats of power. Mm. Um, and the beauty of a runic set is not only does it ha have the potential to hold um, an, a seat as a complete set, but also individually, um, depending on, again, how that magical object has been created. But in those kind of contexts, people forget um, or have forgotten and this information hasn't been handed down about talking to the trees. So actually having in that runic alphabet um, the ability to hold counsel with a forest, um, you know, or, the, or a, you know, other entities that can be held amongst those branches, um, you know, which is why it's so important what a set of runic um, runes are, are made of um, and why traditionally um, forget all those pretty gemstones you've seen in your local new age shop that have just had them carved in um, and with a bit of nail lacquer um, is actually the selection of what you create them with um, you know, really does have an impact. <coughs> so, see, see, if we're talking about anchoring and that, you can see if a medium, a psychic medium, as in a human, their speech, they can use the voice box of the person, they can move around, blah, 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 blah. There are other forms of seat that sometimes are better suited for certain spirits and certain energies and such. But because they're too complicated, or no, I wouldn't say complicated, they're strange from a human perspective. So you'll hear, I think it was on the Lady Poison episode, Lady Poison talked about uh, something very old that was attached to the land, like a stain on the land. I'm pretty sure she said that in one of the interviews because I've spoken to her before about it. And to a certain extent, you could think that that kind of primordial ancient thing that's attached to the land and will not leave is integrated to it. So that land is not just an anchor from a magical perspective, but it's also a seat to a, a certain extent. It holds itself. And because this must be a vast thing that is extremely big from an energetic perspective, potentially bigger than this their little merry planet we're on. But from a you know metaphysical going up through the metaphysical ladder chain that could be considerably big but it may be attached to just a small area of land which some people would come across and say oh that land's got an interesting vibe i don't like it or there's a sentience there but i cannot understand it all these kind of things is how much of the seat do you understand and are you adept enough to be able to identify why certain spirits and forces utilize certain seats and not others because that's an interesting one why is it that that one patch of land did it just end up making it there did that just where it attached it just permeated through some vortex or something into this land what is going on why has it picked that person why has it picked that forest what from an evolutionary perspective has meant that this spirit is this particular type of tree okay there's stuff that uh, we're going into the deeper deeper down the rabbit hole into the wonders of the theory of metaphysics magics and all of that that the armchair magicians will probably be creaming their little pants over because again that's what they like to do in it they like to talk about the theory not the practice so let's ignore the theory and let's get a little bit back into the practice. And we'll talk about that on the Off Witchcraft Patreon, which you need to get yourselves over to if you have not already, because we're talking about avatars. And we might even touch 
on magical wars and shit. There we go. So we'll try not to talk too much about the Mesopotamian problem and the Norse problem because we don't want to get too much interference with the old broadband and Wi-Fi. But avatars, seats of power with regards to people that one could say preordained. So people that their destiny, I suppose you could say they are here in order to or here with a pre-inbuilt connection to a specific energy force deity whatever is kind of set from the go okay that would be what i'd class as an avatar or what traditionally you would call a priest priestess um nowadays i think because of the whole paganism modern neo-paganism the priest priestess role is just like oh well that person leads a coven that person leads a group of nitwits to chant things in the woods or if it's raining in the living room yeah so, well traditionally i i imagine that's what gardner and the others were trying to emulate uh, emulate um by having a um you know priest oh, a priest and priestess in the sense that they were supposed to be dianic in their process um and therefore were able to complete the great rite. Um, that obviously we won't spend too much time talking about that. We'll wait for the. Um, I'm sure there's one on the list that's about the great rite. I think there um, is. Or about is the union the of masculine, feminine. <laughs> oh, possibly. Um, you can imagine we that we've been uh, avoiding it for quite some time, but the, you know, the whole point of those two figureheads were supposed to be for that process so that they can hold the energies of those as particular union this is particularly why i struggle with the you know to be fair it's often solitaries but covens do it also where they take a random um a random male from one pantheon and a random female from another pantheon and force a union that's never existed before mm. um and they want and they you know wonder why this world is so fucked um <laughs> if you start to you know for me it feels like they're making those oh what are they called what was that um what was those mutant kind of games you used to play when you were younger where you kind of drew a bit of a picture and then they'd fold the page over and somebody else would draw the next bit and you'd oh, end up with this monster yeah. uh creation um but yes yeah, we used to make chimeras chris back in the day chimeras in the old days old no we fabric. knew what we were doing that was well different the fabric of space and time wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> nowadays in... paper and a pencil back in the day it was in time and space but yeah so the kind of concept of what it means to be a seat of power seems to have been lost mm. um, on a lot of people in their modern practice. Um, you know, you get some of the you black lodges and whatever that, you know, do ritual possession work and that sort of thing. But actually the concept of really dedicating to one space um, and obviously being predisposed, which I think is the best word for it that kind of set up molecularly for holding a particular kind of energy um is one of those things that is decided long before you've hatched liam um or you know like and i think a lot of people struggle with that concept um because there is a certain amount of it that still needs a kind of agreement but ultimately, um, the contract's already drawn up. All mm. you've actually got to do is sign. Um, but you've got Bluetooth built in, but you can switch it on or off. Yeah. Whereas people, I think, think of this concept of being raised to do um, mm. when they look at it from a historical context um, and, and think about that kind of, you know, uh, young girls taken from their parents at young age and then brought up in a cult um 
Yeah. And those things don't happen by accident and they're not random. Um, so, you know, it's normally involves rigorous testing to make sure that those young people have actually got the potential required. Luckily, in this day and age, we don't tie our survival to those priests or priesthoods as we used to, um, which is the bigger difference, is there is a much bigger reliance, uh, you know, going back to what we talk about all the time, Liam, survivalist magic, um, of actually practising in order to make sure that you required protectors, uh, you know, uh, protectors, worth, depending on what deity they may be. Um, but I think avatars is a tricky one because, one, because everybody thinks those blue things. Uh, um, I think take, take... the avatars in Charmed. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, I've never watched the film Avatar. I watched the trailer and I thought this looks like shit, so I never bothered to watch it. Everyone says it's good, but... Oh, see, I've been ruined by The Last Airbender. Oh, right, okay. So I've been ruined by that. I, I'd forgotten about the Charmed Ones, to be fair. Um, but yeah, most people will go to those blue things, um, which is useful in the sense that it kind of is the same thing, um, in the sense of being a seat for something else, um, in a kind of coherent understanding. But there is a tricky part there with the avatars in the blue movie, is obviously the the body doesn't work when the entity is not in it. Um, uh, whereas this is different, which is why it re requires so much um, work and maintenance, is often because this body is not very good at holding multiple entities at once, um, which means you need to get used to being able to vacate temporarily um, the majority of you. Or conjoin twins, and they can normally only take a couple at yeah. a time. <laughs> so trying to tie up a few loose ends that may people may be thinking about. Um, so the first one would be the whole idea of archaeology and history and stuff like that. Now, archaeologists and historians go by myth. They go through stuff that's been looked at, everyday practices. Decisions are very difficult for history to really understand. Why does the tribal leader decide to do something? Yes, there may be a historical record in some context or evidence or something that they made that decision, but what's going through their head? Why do they make that decision? Now, in terms of picking and selecting, if you had a priestess or priesthood or whatever it is surrounding a specific deity, how you would select seats for that deity, more than likely, just because of the nature, there's gonna be some form of tiered system. So the first most basic simple tier, lowest tier, lowest rung on the ladder is likely to be general servants, temple staff. So yes, there may be a case of, you know, much like in that new thing, The Witcher, they have that law of uh, surprise or something where they just no kill, your, kill your firstborn or whatever. Yeah, there's probably some of that. There is an aspect of, oh, well, the, you're the second son or daughter of some diplomat or some high up person therefore you're you're going to the temple because we've got a, that's just the done thing isn't it you go off to business school you go to military school is what we've always done right so that kind of thing is yes there will be a low tier on the ladder which there is to a certain extent um the people are needed for these large temple complexes and then politics and society and culture it dictates that Next thing is people that have a general ability. So people that have some sort of psychic or magical ability that are useful, that are identified as, oh, yeah, actually, you're quite useful. You know, we'll take you under our wing. We'll take you in. They're probably going to fulfill some kind of tier, some kind of thing. The selected ones, the ones that should be at the top, 
the ones that are generally the ones that are the main seats of power, the main seats for the deity or spirit or whatever it is, are going to have been chosen by the spirit. This is the most important thing. Now, here's a secret that we may or may not be able to reveal. Let's see if this makes it out. That decision, due to the nature of time and such, has already been made. Okay, that's made before you were basically built. So before you hatched or grew or popped out of the JJ, right? So that spirit deity would have probably had a hand in some way, shape or form in manipulating your makeup in some way, shape or form. And will have been, whether you decide to embrace that or not doesn't really matter, but the input is there. Your phone has Bluetooth. You may not switch it on. You may, like my auntie, not even know what the fuck Bluetooth is, but the smartphone has Bluetooth, okay? Now, some people that go on that that path feel a sort of beckoning to switch the fucking Bluetooth on or constantly get bombarded with, you need to switch your Bluetooth on on messages and such like that. Psychic goings on and shenanigans and much like. The difference between way back when versus now nowadays, I would say is probably even more difficult. Back in the day, there was fewer mystery schools and great things you'd be able to go to. You would probably be led to go there or be identified. That would be a lot more easier back then, I think, in the ancient world than it would be today. Today, people are bombarded with, well, I like that goddess. I feel longing. She gives me hope, because there's always a fucking goddess in it. She gives me purpose and fulfillment in my life. I will worship her and light candles to her every day, apart from the days I forget to. This is modern neo-paganism, you see. This is, I want to dedicate myself to a god-goddess or whatever. And most of the time, if I'm honest, the god-goddess of the spirit itself is not interested. Yeah, they might take the offerings and such, but ultimately they're not interested. What does happen and what some people can attest to, I'm sure listening to this, is that they all of a sudden feel like a god-goddess spirit is overpoweringly wanting to claim them. That would be deity-human relations miscommunication. You see, it sees that, fuck, I helped make you. You belong to me. We're supposed to be together, like some creepy-ass stalker that's got you, much like the creepy-ass stalkers generally have altars with people's faces on and stuff like that. You tend to, that's why I always equate these neo-pagans with weird, like, stalker people, because they've got the altars like the creepy stalkers do on these murder films in their cupboards and that the deity kind of sees it as oh you're mine you're part of me i see you as part of me i feel that connection and probes that connection you feel a pull towards that but you cannot really escape normally most people are dragged along never making a decision as to yes embrace or no to push it away if you push it away generally speaking it will calm down what happens most of the time from my experience is people don't fully understand the connection don't fully understand what's going on so get pulled along kind of like when they have those banana boats and you're riding the banana boat and then all of a sudden you either fall off the banana boat or you're half on half off and you're getting dragged around and it fucking hurts just let go or climb back on the fucking banana boat right so that's one thing if you I suspect that you have some kind of attachment or something like that or an avatar of a god goddess you can approach us and talk to us about it no problem whatsoever we deal with that sort of thing on a regular basis does that mean this is the question that a lot of people will have that if you are a medium that you cannot become a priest priestess or such of a spirit or dedicate your life to you can dedicate your life to whatever you want what i'm saying is that is that connection two-way? Is that spirit wanting to work for you? Because many mediums and spirits and that um, and practitioners will temporarily work with a spirit or temporarily hold a spirit. But their their life, their will, their entire being essentially is not, they're not wanting to serve and be part of that spirit. That longing that is there is deep so deep that it's actually programmed into your very makeup you know it's a difficult path to avoid to the point where we would say you are part of that spirit that connection there is so strong that you are a part of it and it is a part of you therefore that connection 
mysterious and magical as it is is unique and that is not the same as general mediumship if you want more information on that specifically you can watch or listen to the occult ramblings on tier two on the patreon i think it was called demigods is there any weird questions because there's one thing that i'd like to talk about which is what people look and when they look at thrones and such and symbols and all that shit but i don't know if there's anything you wanted to add or talk about chris um, no, not specifically. Um, it's a tricky one, mm. um, which I know I keep saying, but it is because it's so individual. Mm. Um, two individual practitioners and that, and how that arrangement works, um, particularly because, you know, just because you said no this time didn't mm. mean that you didn't say yes the last three times or the next five. Um those re those kind of relationships aren't normally a one life deal. Um, they're one of those few things that does tend to be a lasting one, um, and can get quite complicated. So they're looking at it from a practitioner or a person that is a seat of power that is uh, has got that connection with a spirit now there's something that you'll probably if you've embraced it from a younger age or you've had good mentorship that connection is going to be quite strong you're going to be able to to a certain extent control it or you're going to be integrated with it. it shouldn't pose a particular problem what does tend to pose a problem is generally with the older people so generally with people that have not embraced this path and not had training and help with this path. And what tends to happen is because there is a such a strong connection to a very potent energy. And because that potent energy is exhaust to a certain extent, the heat that rises off of it, the fumes coming out, they're quite toxic, but also extremely powerful. Things are attracted to it. The you, as the avatar of that thing, whether it's switched on or not, still emanates a certain energy that things will be attracted to. And some of these things, the quite parasitic entities, see it for what it is. They see it for oh, a considerable amount of power, much like something like a bacteria likes the warmth and the moisture. Mm. You may be perfect because you're not hot, full on heat flame blue flame on the fucking blowtorch type thing you're instead you're warm you know you're emanating a certain energy which certain things will be attracted to and if these certain energies aren't necessarily interested in you know absorbing that energy maybe parasitic entities might be but some more manipulative energies will seek to control you will seek to control this energy whereby accessing your psychology so they're going to trick you into deals working relationships that kind of thing because they're not really interested in giving you what you want they see a battery there essentially a battery with that's protected by someone that is a human that doesn't fully understand its power or how to switch it on or what's going on now these things are very easy to deal with if you embrace the path they're extremely difficult to deal with normally if you don't because you're dealing with someone that is, I don't want to learn magic, but I'm constantly, nowhere I, no matter where I go, attached or attacked by spirits of some kind, parasitic ones or crossroads spirits, devils and that sort of shit. So that's a difficult one. So anyone that has issues with that, we could do a podcast on that. Realistically, it's just easier to talk to us about that directly. Second thing I'd like to talk about is the understanding of uh, the things that come with the kind of bonuses, right? Something that some people will struggle to understand, but other people I think or I hope it might make you feel a little bit more comfortable with why certain things are happening or why certain things happen. When you look, at an empty throne, maybe it's the throne the Queen sits on, or maybe it's that one with all the swords from Game of Thrones. When that throne is empty, when that seat is empty, it might not move about, but it represents that mantle. It represents that power, okay? So people behave a certain way around it. They're in awe of it. 
they are, you know, to a certain extent, can sometimes pay homage to it. They can be attracted to it. They may fear it. A avatar that is not a seat or not an active seat sometimes has the same thing. That integration is there. They are a seat and other psychics, spirits and that will see it for what it is. They will approach you and they will behave in a certain way around you. Some people that are seats for quite specific spirits are quite scary, okay? They're scary to certain deities, spirits, um, psychics, because they're picking up on something. They're picking up on, oh, fuck, I know what that is. That represents this. It's kind of like someone waving the flag of your enemy. It's like, oh, warning, red alert. Even if you're not embracing the path, that doesn't mean that things aren't going to have some kind of reaction to it. So that's one thing I would say and one thing I would think about. Um, I don't think we've given too much away, have we? No, but we come close. Oh, okay. What point did we come close at? <laughs> it kind of goes in and out and I forget what we talk about, but I don't think we talked about demigods specifically, did we? No, um, but no, we were having some, um, I'll be interested to see if the last few minutes um, on the recording is okay. Um, it was getting a bit edgy this end. If it's not, we're just edgy. Um, so it's one, it's one of those things that is, is really needs an individual discussion. So you know, if you are going through something and you feel like actually it might be something that's, I feel like one of those, <laughs> those rape lines at the end of a, a Crime Stoppers episode. If you've been affected by the themes of this show, um, contact this number, uh, 0800, um, go fuck your mom. The, um, <laughs> the, there is that kind of aspect of it that it is so individual but also not all witches will have experienced it mm. um, it's quite a rare thing mm. um, it's more common than I would like at the moment we seem to be going through a bit of a wave of them um, yeah, but that's, that's just, to be expected that's just because we are equipped now to deal with this situation so that's what the universe and people and things are going to push towards you. I don't think it's a big problem for most of the magical community. No. But it will be in a few years. <laughs> so we didn't go through why a spirit would choose to have a seat in the first place. Oh, that's a nice one. I always forget to do that. <coughs> I suppose you need to go and ask the spirit, don't you? Because they've all got their own intentions and wants and desires. They've all got their own intentions. The, um, the short, the long and short of it is normally politics um, yeah. is the best way to describe it. Um, it is useful to have an embassy, shall we say, in as many places as possible um, because it makes negotiation a lot easier. Um, or the opposite end of negotiation, but we don't need to specify about that. Um, so a big part of why that is necessary is to do with that. Um, why would you, as a, you know, fifth, 25th dimensional being, um, why would you need um, something on a three-dimensional form um, and the difference is, I always put it down to it's amusing. Um, I'm sure there are more <laughs> appropriate words to use, um, but then I can only speak for the access I have. Um, and that is, it's fun to fuck with shit in the third dimension. Um, so a big part of that is playing with the politics of what occurs here, bearing in mind it is the energy is it is often the energy source um for many layers above it uh -huh. so if you think about third dimension as useful for looking at the 
actual cogs um, in terms of being able to see them um, in a very simplistic form. So I kind of think of this universe, at least in the third dimension, as those um, schematic drawings. So they're kind of where you've put a really complex idea down on paper as a pretty drawing um, in order to try and explain a massive concept. That's kind mm -hmm. of what I, I think of the th third dimension as. It's that kind of pocket size condensed um, encyclopedia when actually it doesn't tell you anything you didn't already know, but it's useful to have and refer to. Mm. But then maybe I'm just being rude about the third dimension. You potentially are being rude about the third dimension. Uh, we only got five minutes, so I'll try and sum a couple of practical uh, ones that I've dealt with. So the first one would be this anchor idea. So if you imagine that the, the, the universe, the physical universe, is a brick wall, if you are a spirit and the spirit in the form of a shelf, the more screws you screw into that <laughs> wall, the stronger that connection to that fucking wall is, okay? Not going to come apart, not going to be priced off the wall. <laughs> well, we need to remember that depending on how heavy the shelf is and what weight the shelf carries, one screw may be enough to fix that to the wall, right? doesn't mean that just because one screw is enough that there might not be other screws. So one thing is the anchor, anchoring into this world, anchoring into this universe specifically. You know, whether you choose to work within it or whether that's just a shelf that's doing something else but could do with a nice solid, because this is very solid, this universe, place from which to hang itself from, okay? So anchor point would be the first one, or anchor points, multiple anchor points. Second would be a politics. Politics, I can't get into that because it's too fucking complicated. Third one would be the is active, is somehow active here, but is active amongst presumably civilizations of humans. So humans, some level of human interaction is part of that spirit's work or mo or what it likes to do and therefore having a mouthpiece quite literally in a focal point in the form of a human priest priestess for mundanes to interact with to speak with to talk to to interact with is a lot easier than general crazy ass psychic stuff because most mundanes really don't cope i don't know if you've noticed most mundanes do not cope very well with psychic work it's either very scary or they just can't do it or when anything does manifest they think it's some kind of crazy ass demon or an angel or something so having a physical person there is quite useful because it limits it another thing that you could also uh add or as another point would be limitation okay in order to limit itself for growth now a tree very fucking big right trees very big but then when you get down to the root system of big trees you still have you can have very tiny roots that absorb a very tiny amount of water that tiny amount of water is not enough to feed the entire tree but when you've got loads and loads and loads of those roots all of a sudden it is is enough to anchor it in position and it's enough to feed that tree so with regards to it anchoring itself in, there's a reason why you might do that. Feeding energy to the bigger thing or integrate into the bigger thing, there's a reason for that. Movement, another reason for that to a certain extent. And changing composition, because just because an energy or spirit wants to be here and wants to move about Rome to a certain extent freely here and do work here does not mean that it wants to impact this physical world it can be leveraging this universe and this world against something else that's too complicated to go into in one minute so I'm just going to leave it in that and we will cover 
that in a future episode because it is quite important when it comes to higher levels of black magic and sorcery and such which aren't going to be a danger to realistically anyone probably listening to it but we try to put things out there that others don't talk about and it's something that you're not going to find that many people talking about i suppose the last thing to say is goodbye and over and out was that a crest got anything to say no ta-ta for now Okay, ta-ta for now, everyone.